by having these arrangements where I'm with people that I'm comfortable with, I am able to fulfill the desire to connect, but also to fulfill my sexual needs to a degree that I actually want to versus doing a one night stand where maybe I had fun, but I don't walk away very satisfied because I didn't get to explore the things that I really enjoy because I didn't feel safe or comfortable. Hello, hello, and welcome back for another episode of Pretty in Kink. Today's topic is one I enjoy quite a bit. It is one of my all-time favorite styles of dating, and that is friends with benefits. I adore having friends with benefits. It is how I have spent pretty much all of my dating time over the last three years. I have been transitioning away from it over the last mm, little less than a year or so, but for the most part, this is how I date and I love it. And I'm here to tell you why you might love it or why you might hate it, but There really are a lot of really good factors that come along with this style of dating. You just do definitely have to be careful of emotional attachment. But first off, what is a friend with benefit? Everybody is going to have a little bit different of a definition for this, but generally speaking, it is safe to say that all around, a friend with benefits is somebody that you have a very casual relationship with that is also sexual. You may hang out casually and maybe go on some dates and you're having a sexual relationship, but there are no romantic feelings. And it can also be something that is casual that doesn't have a long-term commitment attached to it, which is why a lot of people like it. So why would somebody want to do the friends with benefits thing versus maybe just cruising the dating apps and having one night stands or diving into a real relationship? There's a lot of different reasons that people do it. Um, A lot of people just aren't ready for a serious relationship. And so this is a nice compromise. If you are going through life transitions where maybe your life is not conducive to having a quote real relationship, it is an awesome way to still get connection with somebody. So maybe you're moving soon and you know, like, it's just not feasible to start something real right now. Or maybe your work life is just super hectic and you know you can't dedicate the time that a real relationship requires. Things like that can make the the arrangement of friends with benefits a really wonderful arrangement. And then there's other people, honestly, that are just kind of lazy and don't want to do the dating thing. And, you know, the comfort and the convenience of having a friend with benefits is just easy. And sometimes it's easier than putting the effort into real dating. So there, there are a lot of different reasons why people dive into it. I think there can be a misconception of it being sort of like almost like a slutty act. And it's not, I think it's a really cool arrangement. And of course, like everything, there are pros and cons. In my humble little opinion, I think the pros far outweigh the cons. There are so many benefits to it. There is the benefit of you can make stronger connections than you will if you go on like one night stands. Like it's 
is just natural. Obviously, the more time you spend with somebody, the more you're going to connect with them and you have less commitment. So if you are a commitment phobe, but still crave connection, it's a really nice way to find that compromise. And there is also the factor of just like, like me who gets horrendous first date anxiety. It's just gross how nervous I get. And so it reduces that stress level of constantly having to meet new people. It gives you that comfort level. And you also have the comfort of feeling a little bit more secure in your sexual health in that you're with a more consistent partner versus when you are having more of like the one-nighters or, you know, just super brief interactions with people, you of course are going to raise your risk of different kinds of STIs. So when you have more consistent partners, even if you have more than one friend with benefit, you still have a bigger awareness of what is going on with their sexual health as well as yours. So long as you are communicating, which we will get to that. But that brings a really nice convenience factor as well. And then it's also for women, especially, I think it's really great for having a better sense of safety. And what I mean by that is that the dating world can be kind of sketchy for women. And by kind of, I mean, it's kind of super fucking sketchy for women. And I know a lot of men don't have a full grasp on that, but for the ladies out there, you know what I'm talking about. So to have a more consistent partner or partners, you have a more secure feeling that you're not constantly going into a situation kind of on guard and having to be more aware of what is happening and your safety because you know the person, they're a friend. So that always feels good too. For me personally, like I said, the first date anxiety is the devil for me. It is so horrible. I want to throw up before every day. I am going to convince myself that I'm going to have explosive diarrhea. I'll probably have a panic attack and I'm sure I'll never find parking. So what's the point of even going? Because who has parking anxiety? I do. <laughs> it's so stupid. But there you have it. The main reason that I have adored doing the friends with benefits thing is because for a very, very long time, I was not ready to be in a real relationship. And I mean, not ready as in, I was so emotionally fragile. Um, I started diving back into the dating world three years ago. I had just come out of an incredibly toxic, emotionally abusive relationship that just left me a mess. And I knew that it wasn't safe for me to get into a real relationship with somebody because I wasn't there. Like my headspace was fucked up. I had a lot of damage done to me that I had to undo through therapy. And I just knew I wouldn't be a good partner. And I also knew that if I tried to date for real, so to speak, I ran a very, very high risk of falling into the same style of toxicity and potentially getting into another abusive situation. So I knew I had to set up parameters to avoid that. But 
I also admittedly am a very sexual person. Like I want to have sexual relationships with people. I didn't want to be celibate. I wanted to still be getting out there and having physical contact with people. And I did still crave connection. It was just finding that fine line of connection without commitment and connection without getting too deep, which can be tricky. It was also important for me that by having more structured sort of setups or arrangements with with having a friend with benefits, it allowed me a comfort level when it came to sex because there's a lot of things that I like. And, you know, we've discussed it before on this podcast where, you know, I've talked about some of my different kinks and things I enjoy. Those things require a level of comfort and to feel safe with my partner. So if I just keep jumping into these very brief encounters, whether it's a one night stand or maybe just two interactions with somebody, I'm not having an opportunity to build a comfort level that makes me feel safe. When I feel safe with a partner, I will explore and push my boundaries further and further and enjoy myself more. So by having these arrangements where I'm with people that I'm comfortable with, I am able to fulfill the desire to connect, but also to fulfill my sexual needs to a degree that I actually want to versus doing a one night stand where maybe I had fun, but I don't walk away very satisfied because I didn't get to explore the things that I really enjoy because I didn't feel safe or comfortable. So for me, doing the friends with benefits just has been a very ideal situation, but there are certainly cons. I think the list of cons is much shorter than what the pros are. However, the cons I think have much bigger consequences because the number one con is you catch feelings. And at first glance, it might be like, well, big deal. You have feelings for somebody. It is a big deal. When you both kind of enter in this type of arrangement with the same expectations and one goes left and the other goes right, and you're not on the same page anymore. And that can be absolutely heartbreaking if you catch feelings for somebody and they don't feel the same. I mean, just, ow, ow, (laughs) cry into your ice cream watching sad movies, ow. So it is a big risk and why it's important to make sure you stay on the same page because that's, that's your number one con, you know, and, and it also can turn into a situation where you do start to feel a little bit more empty because you are having these barriers with connection. You're connecting, but not on a deeper level. And it can leave you feeling like you're wanting more and it could leave you feeling empty. So it can be an icky feeling. So it is things to watch out for. Um, and that's why it is important to make sure you go into it with proper boundaries and expectations, which leads me to how do you do the friends with benefits thing? It's going to be different for everybody because everybody is going to have a little bit of a different definition of what it is and what it looks like. But 
the number one thing when you when you start seeking these things out and you start entering into these kind of situations is yeah it's a big one it's a capital c communication i know i know i know (laughs) but it's communication you have got to communicate with each other and communicate often you need to understand each other's expectations with expectations you've got to know what this is going to look like for you are you expecting to have sleepovers or for you does this mean it is just sex maybe you just go over you do your thing you leave Do you have a deep relationship or do you want to keep it very superficial and not talk about the big things in life? Are you going to go on dates now and then? These are all things that you have to really understand from each other so that nobody is suddenly kind of blindsided by thinking one thing is happening when it's something else. You've got to communicate these things and you've got to be very honest with each other from the start. What I did when I first started dating is I made it blatantly clear what I was looking for on the dating apps. And I point blank put on there that I'm looking for friends with benefits. I want somebody that will take me out every now and then, every now and then ask me how I'm doing. And we enjoy each other's company on a sort of semi-regular basis. So it was there from the very beginning in their face on those apps. And then we would discuss it in the DMs. And then I would bring it up on the first date and be like, this is what I'm looking for. What are you looking for? And then go from there. But that way there, that expectation was laid out on a platter from the start no confusion of what I was looking for. So just make sure you're on the same page. It's also important to understand as far as communication goes, like actual literal communication, calling each other, texting each other. What do you expect with this situation? Are you still wanting a good morning text or are you kind of like, you know what, just hit me up when you want to get together. That's something to be very clear on because if you're not on the same page, That one can hurt quickly. You also want to discuss frequency. How often do you want to see each other? You have to remember the more that you see somebody, the more chance that you're going to catch those feelings and the more chance that somebody is going to get hurt. So experiment, see what works for you and pull back if you have to. I am in a situation right now where I am casually seeing somebody and for certain reasons, we have just realized like we will never be able to enter into a quote real relationship. However, we enjoy each other a lot. We have amazing chemistry. We spend a lot of time with each other, but we spend a lot of time with each other. And I have come to realize that it is something that I am going to need to pull back on and start removing myself from the situation because I do like him and I do enjoy my time with him. And so I am able to recognize like, oh, I am spending too much time with somebody that I like, that I know this isn't going to go somewhere And so I can recognize that I am in the process of setting myself up for something that's going to hurt in the long run. So you just need to know when you start crossing your own boundaries or if somebody else is crossing your boundaries, if they start asking to see you more often than you're comfortable, let them know and tell them. 
I actually had somebody a couple years ago that I saw briefly and we enjoyed each other's company. We had a lot of fun with each other on the fourth date we're talking about different things and we're discussing, you know, having kind of relationships, so to speak, such as what we were doing. And he said, you know, I kind of have a three date rule. Once I have that third date, I don't want to see a person again because then it gets into that danger zone. And so I try to always avoid going past that because if I go past that, it means like I like them and that's, I don't want that. So I don't go past that. I looked at him and I put my hand out to shake and he shook my hand with this question on his face. And I said, well, I'm just shaking your hand to say like, it's been very nice. It was wonderful to get to know you. And so we will never speak again. And he kind of looked at me and I said, well, we're on our fourth date. That tells me everything I needed to know. And he was like, oh yeah. And I was like, yeah, so we won't go past this. And he was like, no. And I was like, okay, like, don't call me. I won't call you. And he was like, deal. We finished our night. We had a great time and we didn't speak for goodness months before he reached out again. And just due to circumstances, we never reconnected, but I loved that clarity. It was so nice to have somebody that was able to be so open about it and be on that same page. So it's important just to understand for yourself how often you can see somebody before it feels like you're crossing a line. There is this thing in a GQ article, and I don't necessarily agree with the idea of there being a set timeline because it's going to be different for everybody. But what they said about friends with benefits was that a good rule of thumb was that it should last about five weeks, which was going to be just long enough to really master each other's G-spots, but not so long that you internalize their roommate's work schedule. And I really liked that. Again, I don't agree on the idea of five weeks, but it, it sets that tone of understanding if you start integrating yourself too much into their life, you might be getting in a little too deep where your feelings are going to end up being compromised. So just pay attention to that. Like I said, I had that one that we had the four dates. I have also had a friend with benefits that I've had for a year that we enjoy each other's company. We are a perfect match in that I don't think we would ever actually be compatible for a relationship. We are extremely compatible sexually. He is actually one of only two people I've ever met in my entire life that fully can satisfy my spit kink. We're very compatible sexually, but emotionally we're two very different people. Because of that, there is much less of a risk of that emotional connection, that emotional attachment that I would be scared of, of growing too many feelings. And I think that's why we've been able to carry on for so long because we are both on the exact same page. So we're able to have a lot of fun sexually without risking hurting each other. There's other people where it's had to be much shorter, whether it was because of him or me, just understanding if we go much further with this, it's going to get sticky. So just be real with yourself. Um, I personally usually create emotional barriers for the longest time. I would only date people 
that were much younger than me because while I enjoy being a cougar, (laughs) I do have an age gap that once I go past, I am not comfortable for long term. And so what I would do is I would go into that age gap knowing I'm not comfortable with this as a long-term thing and therefore I can't get attached. I won't get emotionally connected and so I can still just have fun. So I was able to create these built-in barriers and also just make sure with your communication that you are staying consistent with it because things constantly change. So don't just have one conversation and then go, okay, there's our ground rules and we're done because everything can change. I accidentally fell in love with a friend with benefits and talk about sticky. Um, I had my heart broken three different times with this man (laughs) and definitely this could have been prevented if I practice what I preach right now and had more consistent communication with him. We had a big talk about things in the beginning and never again. And over the course of two years, guys, I, I fell in love and I don't regret it. It probably is the realest love that I have ever felt in my life. Um, but it didn't end well. It, It didn't end well at all. And all of that could have been prevented by communicating, which is why I press on that so hard and just harp you for that. So just communicate, communicate, communicate. And another top thing when you start doing friends with benefits is respect each other. You have got to have a level of respect. You've got to remember the word friends in friends with benefits, right? You're friends. You enjoy each other. It is not just like a fuck buddy. It's not just a one night stand where you might not even remember who they are in three weeks. This is somebody that you genuinely enjoy spending time with. So respect that. And if you maintain that level of respect, there are times where even when these arrangements end, you truly might have a really good friend that you still have, even if you are no longer having sex. Just treat each other properly. Don't ghost each other. You know, you are entering into a type of a relationship. So you wouldn't ghost a friend, right? This is a friend with benefits. So it's even better than a friend because they're also giving you orgasms. <laughs> so don't ghost them and just be clear and honest with them. And part of the respect is also going to be When we look at that big con of catching feelings, right? Nine times out of 10 with friends with benefits, one person's going to catch feelings, not both. When that happens, if you are in this arrangement and your friend comes to you and says, hey, I need to talk to you. Um, I think I'm feeling things. I think I like you. I think I want more. And you're not feeling that and you're not feeling like you want that, you have got to be honest with them and you have got to have enough respect that if they are not able to remove themselves from the situation, if they are not able to stop the situation, you've got to have enough respect for your friend to be the one to end it because they're just going to hurt even more. Even if they say, oh, okay, you don't feel the same. That's okay. All right. I can still keep doing this. I know you don't feel the same. I will just kind of ignore my feelings. I call bullshit. 
bullshit. You can't. It's just not going to happen. And it's just going to hurt more the longer it goes on. So respect them. If they can't walk away from you, you've got to be the one to walk away. And you also have to respect each other when it comes to sexual health and make sure you understand what the other is doing. Because one of the benefits of having a friend with benefits is, like I said earlier, you have a better sense of of your sexual health because you're not having maybe as many partners as you would if you were doing the one night stand thing, but you still have to understand what is your partner doing? Are they going out and having a lot of one night stands on top of your arrangement? Do they have other friends with benefits? For me, for the longest time, I like to have three people kind of in the mix at once. So I would make sure when I was dating these people to inform them, make it clear to them that they were not the only one. So they understood that there were other people in the mix And so that gives everybody an opportunity to decide how to move forward when it comes to sexual health and using protection and making sure to test more often. So that is a key thing that you really have to think about and discuss. Never assume you're the only one in the mix ever. I never assume, even forget about friends with benefits. Just when I begin dating somebody, unless there is a conversation about exclusivity, I am always going to assume there are other partners that this person is seeing. And so I try and take precautions and, you know, take care of my own sexual health with that in mind. So always remember that. So yeah, friends with benefits. I am pro friends with benefits. I will champion it for everybody. I think it's great. But like I said, oops, I did fall in love and ouch, it really, really hurt. So I am pro friends with benefits, but I also know that I have to walk a very fine line because I can get emotionally attached even when I don't want to. But I have also made very good friends throughout the years from this, people that I still talk to to this day. And I love that. And I think one of my favorite things with friends with benefits is it has truly helped me grow emotionally with dating that now I am ready for a real relationship. The transition has been much harder than I expected. I will admittedly say Um, I have been slowly kind of changing the way I date over the last, I don't know, maybe like nine months or so. And the transition certainly has been kind of confusing for me because I have spent so much time creating barriers. So it has gotten tricky for me to kind of figure out what boundaries I've kind of blurred, where to remove boundaries, you know, where to push myself forward. It's been confusing, but I am excited that I'm ready for something more real. And I truly can say that I am there partly because of the way I've dated for the last few years with doing friends with benefits and just learning how to connect better with people. I wouldn't have been able to learn that through having much more casual interactions with people, but by doing the friends thing, it was a way for me to almost like practice over and over and over again what 
emotional connection looks like because it was so foreign to me. So it's been a wonderful thing for me. I know it's not for everyone, but I do think it can be a great way to explore and get yourself in the mindset to be ready for something more real. And I think it's important just to go in with honest expectations, have fun, see where it takes you, make sure to check in with yourself often to make sure that you're feeling okay with everything and you're not catching feelings and just see where things go. And if it doesn't feel good, stop doing it. Find a different dating format, you know, but it's fun to try and you might make some awesome friends in the process. So that's it. Go find a friend with benefits. Have fun. I mean, unless you're married, unless your marriage is, you know, open, you know, whatever, just go have fun and be weird. All right. So you know the drill before you go, please, please, pretty, please feed my praise kink and go rate me, review me, subscribe to me, make me feel loved, wanted, needed. You'll make me a happy, happy girl. And then maybe I'll consider you my friend with benefits because you're giving me reviews and stuff. Okay. So that's it. Go get out there. Be the weirdest weirdo you can be. Make me proud. And I will see you guys next week. I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm okay. I've got the caffeine zoomies now. Caffeine zoomies. Speaking of, proudly sponsored by Brood Monday Coffee. Generously giving me the caffeine zoomies to get me through these episodes and provide bloopers. Thank you, Brood Monday Coffee. I didn't even mean to do that. Boom. There's a sponsored little ad. Welcome, welcome, welcome to your favorite place called Pretty in Kink. What am I doing? No, no, I don't like it. I don't like any of it. I think it was a Muppet in another life. Cute one, like the little shrimp. Pepe, Pepe the prawn, Pepe the prawn, Pepe the prawn. I liked him. He's my favorite. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Pretty in Kink. Today, I can't get my intro right. That's what we're doing today. We're just going to say hello, welcome to Pretty in Kink, 20 different ways. Hello, welcome to Pretty in Kink. Okay, all right. It's fine. It's fucking fine. It's fine. We got this. I'm all right. You're all right. We're all right. We got this. Today, we're talking about in and what? That was stupid. Today we're talking. <laughs> Today, oh, I'm hitting all the like. Today we're talking about. Oh my god! Why can't I do it? Okay. All right. <laughs> it is a. It is. It is what? What the fuck is actually wrong with me today? What is wrong with me? Like this is it. You have no choice. One and fucking done. You're gonna record right now. You're gonna go all the way through. And you're not gonna fuck it up. There's no more bloopers because you have twelve goddamn minutes of bloopers. Tara motherfucking V. Get your shit together. When you start, you're not stopping and you're gonna fucking slam this fucker. It's gonna be good. None of that is good and I don't like it.